the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. It's Monday night, and that's right. It's time for another emergency pod. Just just hit all the sirens, hit all the alarms. We are uh, right back down the pole because we had a true shocker of a story on Monday. Much to get to in that, but first, uh, of course, uh, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli. Gentlemen, we're, I've, I'm starting to get the feeling that here for a minute, we, just, we might just be doing... Uh, some routine check-ins, right? Like we're just kind of popping in every now and then just, just to let y'all know what's going on as the coaching carousel continues to spin. It's emergency pod season. Yes. Uh, yes. It's no, it is no longer the silly season of coaching carousel season. It's emergency pod season. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, there's always that one, every single coaching carousel that's just comes out of nowhere. And I, I, I hope this is what qualifies as the biggest shocker of the month or else it's crazy things are going to happen. Well, I mean, just, just remember number one, it's, uh, there's three E's in Peterson. It is not Peter's son as we've all had to type it. We've all had to text it. This, this to qualify. And by the way, the news, as you know, from the headline of the podcast that you selected in your podcast app. And by the way, just head on over, hit us with that five-star review and of course, if you want to get a question for uh, a future mailbag, you can do that by giving us that five-star review and including it. It will get added to the uh, the big old bag of mail, and and we will be addressing it in the future. So we appreciate all of those who have reviewed and offered questions. They've led to some of our favorite podcasts, and we are going to continue to do that. But this is a college football headline that was a surprise enough for, uh, obviously, the first text you get is Randy, Right. I mean, it's just show Booker, CBS Sports HQ, coming in hot. <laughs> that's just that's just the way that these things go. And then, you know, I'm, uh, my, my guy Henry, my guy Paul, like uh, all these other people that have n- far less connection to college football. We talk about college football, that's fine, but this generated some real shock as Chris Peterson uh, announces that he is going to be resigning, transitioning to a new role within the athletic department. He says he quotes uh, – he quote needs to recharge and um it just seems seems as though this was and there's a lot to to sort of pick apart with this there's you know trying to psychoanalyze chris peterson is a very very tough task i'm gonna try not to but as we look at the context of what's happened at washington over the last couple of seasons you know maybe there were some times where we could uh pinpoint that that chris peterson was was starting to get a little bit worn down he's he's been around for a long time he's been incredibly successful one of the highest winning percentages among active coaches at the time that he's resigning jimmy lakes 
is going to be taking over as the new head coach after his promotion to co-defensive coordinator a couple years ago. So we will get to that side of this first, but I guess Barton, let's uh, starting with Chris Peterson with, with his decision to step down. What were some of your first questions that you want to have answered? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you always wonder how long this has been percolating, how long. I mean, I, you got to think this is something going into this season he was already entertaining. I uh, can't imagine one season wears him down like that. But uh, ultimately, oh, to me, this this is this is almost consistent with kind of Chris Peterson. Uh, I shouldn't say consistent. It's just not that surprising to me um, given the – impression and um personality that chris peterson sort of presents himself as which is sort of a uh keep the main thing the main thing doesn't get distracted by the bright lights what isn't gonna be a ball coach till he's 80 you know has other things in his life that he probably cares about you know he is one of these coaches that talks to his players about voting and you know educates them on real life stuff and so i just i mean not that any of that is is really all that big of a deal except for this just sort of gives a little bit insight to this guy's does more than just sort of draw plays on a chalkboard so i'm not shocked that he's ready to call it and i guess i wonder if this was if if, if maybe he's sitting there at washington when you ask like what my questions are i wonder if he's sitting there at washington thinking like you know what Maybe I should have just never left Boise. It's been good. Washington's been been fine, you know, because it, it's felt like the right sweet spot for him as a program that you could do it his way, be on the big stage, win at the highest level, high ceiling program, but not the 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 glitz and glamour of USC, not going to Texas or something like that, uh, with that kind of magnifying glass. But I don't know. Even at Washington, um, I just wonder if Chris Peterson just sort of looked around and was like, you know what, this is not quite scratching my itch anymore yeah because he like you said he's never been the you know resume career guy that's like looking for the big job because like you look at all the jobs he probably turned down while he was at boise usc for one right yeah Yeah. and those are just the ones that we know of yeah it's like i'm sure he's gotten plenty of interest at boise before he finally took the washington job because to him, that was a job that, like Barton just said, seemed to fit what he was looking for and what kind of opportunity he wanted. And I don't know if he's just sitting there thinking he wishes to go back to Boise, but I do think it's interesting that in the release, he said he wants to recharge, which would imply I'm not retiring per se, but, you know, so it's like, because re- I, I just think recharge is an interesting choice of word instead of step back, because recharge implies, you know, like, what do you do with your phone? Why are you recharging your phone? Because you want to use it again. Yeah. So I wonder, I mean, we're definitely going to be like, he's, he, he's going to be in that urban Meyer role now for the next year where his name is going to get brought up for a bunch of openings. Like it used to while he was still at Boise, whether or not he's going to be interested in any of them, we have to wait and find out. But it's, I mean, it, it was surprising. And like you said, it was surprising when you heard it, when I first saw the right. tweet come out from Washington, because it was funny because it came out shortly after the whole Mike Leach, Ole Miss hoax. And it's like, my, I had my ears up and, you know, like the radar was up and I saw that. And I'm like, wait, is that another one? It's like, no, wait, that's from their official account. So it's real. So you were caught off guard. But then after you realized it was real, it was kind of like, well, it's not all that big of a shock either. 
Yeah, he had a comment. He had some comments to uh, Bruce Feldman at a Pac-12 media day a while ago as the Pac-12 is really trying to lean into like social media and going over the top and turning this into a big production. And I, the sentiments from Chris Peterson were that, you know, he he had respect for reporters and, and the media that have a job to do, but he wasn't really into the whole multimedia experience that college football was becoming. And it has been uh, written by Dennis Dodd on CBSSports.com and suggested across the college football world that there's something indicative of these coaches that are stepping away from the game in their 50s because we have Bob Stoops, we have Urban Meyer, and we now have Chris Peterson, all who have experienced success at the highest level. In the case of Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops, uh, and even dude, even Chris Peterson, actually, he won a Pac-12 championship last year. I mean, you were in the middle of wildly successful runs at the Power 5 level, and you're deciding to step away. And I... I wonder if grouping all those together doesn't quite work because Urban Meyer, you know, we could see right back in the mix yeah, as, yeah. as soon as next year. Uh, Bob Stoops, we already had to deal with significant amounts of, um, you know, the the rumors and the, the potential that he might be entertaining Florida State. And who knows what happens with the XFL or Bob Stoops with his future. But with Chris Peterson, just as a personality thing, I could just see him holding himself to the highest level of expectation that if he doesn't have exactly what Chris Peterson believes it takes uh, to win and to be able to uh, lead the program in the way that he wants to lead it, then he's going to be the one to walk away. Like Chris Peterson to me has never stayed at a party too long. Like Chris, Chris Peterson, uh, he might've looked around, might've looked in the mirror. And, and like you mentioned, Barton, this might've been something that was brewing, but if he thought that it, it just things weren't quite working. It it does seem like he is the the type to not want it, to to not be able to accept uh, less than whatever his standard is. And so, I I feel like the Chris Peterson chances of return feel like you mentioned Tom high, but they don't feel as certain as Urban Meyer. No, and I also think that with what Dennis wrote with like coaches like Stoops and now Peterson doing this where they're still in their fifties. And, you know, I think this is also a byproduct of coaching salaries because the salaries are so high now that coaches who aren't like, you know, who, who don't have that burning living desire where it's like, I'm football. My life is football. Everything about me is football. Suddenly find themselves in their mid fifties, seeing how much time they're dedicating to this job because it's a very demanding job and saying, man, I've got like 12 million saved up i could stop right now and be just fine and do whatever the hell i want with the rest of my life so i think i think that's playing a major role in all of it too yeah and, and i also wonder because chris peterson is and i, and I think first of all his we, we were talking recently about how you know what he finished seven and five and that's not really a, a record that a top five coach in college football would ever finish and so we kind of question his status as as that, but there's no que- there is no question he's like a top ten coach in college football. Like he is one of the elite coaches of the game, and so th- that's part of what the shock of this is is he's still at the top of his game, and Washington is still competing in the Pac-12. One that's kind of down year, but I do wonder because he is a little bit old school. Uh, he he's a little bit of an old soul, you know, all the way back. He was probably what, what was he like? 
45 or something when he, he did the, the double double fist pump uh, after Boise State ran the trick play the hook and ladder for a touchdown like that was the that was a that was a, that was a Mac Mac Brown dance move uh, in his mid 40s <laughs> so you know like he, he's an old soul and I think with that I like he had a bunch of transfer stuff he had to navigate this offseason with the quarterback position um, the, I, I think the transfer portal in general is getting a little bit loose for his liking I think the you know this was a year where he was probably going to be pressured to make some staff changes uh, obviously Jonathan Smith is gone Bush Hamden hadn't quite worked out as offensive coordinator the last couple of years you know what, what you know that was going to be an uncomfortable spot for him to be in it might have been one of these old deals where hey uh, I'm, I am I'm not really comfortable with the high stakes game you want me to play here pac 12 right and you know what I, I just rather than kind of to your point chip rather than play by y'all's rules and expectations i'm just gonna say no thanks yeah he's a he, he's the the master educator right somebody who feels as as much college professor as football coach and just wishes that he could he could leave all this other stu- stuff alone and focus on the the guys that are in the locker room and, and teaching the game and helping them improve and like all of the romantic fa- ways chris peterson in his mind probably would like if that was the case they recruit yeah. OKGs, our kind of guys. I think a lot of people probably use that terminology now, but at the, when when Peterson was at Boise State, that was sort of I think the first kind of time I'd heard that 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 uh, phrase and and terminology is you know it's it's not about stars, it's not about anything else, but OKGs, our kind of guys, the right guys for our program, the the culture, the personality, the competitiveness, and like that I think is what drives him is the those sort of, you know, it's he. I don't think he's ready to take that leap into battling uh, Pete Carroll. Not that he has to do that right now, but, but he might have to do it for Urban Meyer. I mean, yeah, you know, if he's if he's looking around and he, that's, I even thought that I was like, what if Chris Peterson knows something that we don't, or not that we don't? He has already moved on to that next step of the world changing because Urban Meyer showed up to the Big Ten and he changed the world. And if he does show up to the Pac-12, he's changing the Pac-12. Yeah, but you know the Urban Meyer stuff. Like, I don't, I, I don't have first. I, I'm just following the the kind of tea leaves and and scuttlebutt. But it's it still seems like the the noise is growing that Urban is is on the bench for good, or at least for a while longer. Until Jason Garrett gets fired. <laughs> he's already said he doesn't want to be a, a, an NFL coach. He says he couldn't. He says nine and seven for, for for nine and seven to be acceptable would drive him crazy because he can't stand losing seven games. But he also went on Coward a month ago and said he would take the Cowboys' job. Did say that? Yeah, that true. I remember that. He was, and that was so tricky because Coward got him doing. Coward got him on that. Coward got him with the. If you were Lincoln Riley, would you take the Cowboys? And Urban Meyer said, "Oh yeah, that's the job. That's it. That's the number one job in all football." And as soon as Jerry Jones heard that, woo, started feeling the vapors. Uh, all right, Chris Peterson is moving into an advisory position at Washington. We have uh, sort of discussed what we might or might not be expecting from him moving forward. Uh, Coming up on the other side, 
Jimmy Lake, and what's ahead for the Washington Huskies. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So Jimmy Lake, a a coach who has now had, uh, he is very much fitting into the Lincoln-Riley role because he has had this program and this coaching staff sort of bend to his will a little bit. And I don't know if Jimmy Lake would in, individually be as responsible for this. And uh, if, if you all have any more details on this, let me know. But I, I think about the fact that Jimmy Lake was a rising star for the, the way that he was uh, coaching the defensive backs, the way that he was leading the defense. Some other schools were interested, so they rearranged it. So it was co-defensive coordinator, Pete Kwiatkowski, who's always had the uh, defensive line, and Jimmy Lake. Jimmy Lake now from position coach to co-defensive coordinator after you know getting some interest, helping keep him right there in Seattle. Now he gets to take over as the next head coach of the football program. Uh, Barton, incredible opportunity ahead for Jimmy Lake. I think that we have all been fans of the, the work he has done leading defenses. For you, where, like... What do you think that jump or that gap or what the next steps look like for him uh, in the program? Okay, so I I, I postured or posited after Bob Stoops stepped down that Lincoln Riley, like I, I can't remember how I said it or 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 what my my sort of soundbite on it was, but it was some of the effect of this might not be that bad for Oklahoma this. Lincoln Riley could be as good, if not better, than Bob Stoops. And that was that was a little bit of, at the time, like, yeah, I caught a little bit of flack from, like, the Oklahoma board. I mean, hey, Hall of Fame coach, Bob Stoops, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I think we can all look around and say Lincoln, Lincoln Riley elevated the Oklahoma program. It is in a healthier place a more dominant place right now, take what, took what was good and made it better. I think, I can't remember, I, I mean, my take on the Ryan Day deal with, with Urban Meyer, I didn't, I, we had a l- little less exposure to Ryan Day because we only had really one year of watching him call plays at Ohio State. Lincoln Riley had a bigger body of work. But given the, the bullish nature on everybody with Ryan Day's reputation and, and all the rave reviews he got, um, I was at least optimistic that this team with Ryan Day as coach on the field could be better than an Urban Meyer coach team. Beyond this year is to be determined. I'm still pretty optimistic on Ryan Day, but Urban Meyer is as good as there is in program building. 
So I say all that to say I, I, I'm, I've now built up the confidence. I, I think I can just straight up say it now. Like I, I believe that Washington will be better off with Jimmy Lake as their head coach than Chris Peterson. And it sounds a little blasphemous, but again, like there, we have some some actual proof of concept here with with two pretty high profile gigs. Jimmy Lake has been this incredibly respected coordinator for 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 years now. He is he is an he is a developer and he's a scheme guy and he, he's he's done it all at a high level. You can watch Washington's defense out scheme people you can watch his dbs get drafted in the first and second round every year he has personality he has the aggressive um uh recruiting demeanor that chris peterson might have shied away from and so this is i i really like there's a reason why this was all done in the in the shadows and they there was a seamless transition because i'm sure everyone in that building from the janitor to the president knows that Jimmy Lake is the real deal. And so there is no hesitation. So I think that Washington now is, is in a really good position to build on the foundation that Chris Peterson laid. Yeah. And that's my question for you is you mentioned you briefly touched on it. Do we, what's his reputation as a recruiter? Because it's like when, when Chris Peterson first got to Washington, I I was looking this up when I was writing it earlier, you know, they had, you know, they were like like the recruiting classes the first few years were like between 20, 25. And now the last few years they've been improving to where now they're more in that 15 to 16 range. And I think that's one of the things because like we were discussing with Peterson's decision to do this, he's not, he's never struck me. You said it's the, you know, OKGs, the R kind of guys. And, I'm wondering if Jimmy Lake will bring a different approach, not to where they're, you know, not recruiting guys that fit what they want to do, but maybe they get a bit more aggressive in like, you know, the going after the top talent guys that maybe Chris Peterson wasn't always concerned about going after and prioritizing. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's, that's part of it here is that Jimmy Lake, I think is, he's a really good recruiter. Um, He is, a little more personality-wise, a little more uh, outspoken um, than than you would see out of Chris Peterson, who's very sort of much more understated, uh, and and I think he will be aggressive on the recruiting trail. I mean, and and, and look, you got to. I mean, look, Mario Cristobal is doing some Urban Meyer in the Big Ten stuff right now mm. in terms of of forcing this the rest of the conference to adjust to his pace. And I think Jimmy Lake is equipped to adjust to the pace Mario Cristobal is setting. In a way that Chris Peterson probably looks at it and is like, I don't, that's, that's not what I'm ready for. That's not, that's not why I got in this. Right. I think so. Like it's, it's the, it's the same competitiveness that like just an over the top competitiveness, uh, the relentless. I feel like, I feel like that's the, the Urban Meyer on the recruiting trail wasn't it just the relentlessness and the head coach involvement? Yeah, and, and I think that's a I mean that's a that's a key element to to the recruiting climate is not just I mean recruiting at a high level can mean so many different things, but 
if you're head coach, and I, I actually don't really know Chris Peterson's how active he was as a recruiter, but if your head coach doesn't love it, if d- doesn't enjoy it, doesn't want to be really good at it, and doesn't want to be a face of the program, be an active recruiter in his own right, um, and be involved in these conversations and be more than just a closer, then there's a there is a real ceiling on what you can accomplish. Uh, and I mean, Jimmy Lake certainly didn't have that uh, persona about it as an assistant or as a coordinator. And I would imagine he's he's going to have the right persona and and approach to it as a head coach. Um, I think that Chris Peterson decided he was going to retire during that Cal game week two. What sitting up till three a.m.? Yeah, the the like seven hour game with multiple weather delays, and then he has to see uh, he has to see his offense stall out over and over and over again, settling for field goals, not being able to get it done. It's like at man. Some, at some point, he said to himself, "I swear to God, if Easton rolls turns in one eighties to his left one more damn time, <laughs> I'm I am going to quit." <laughs> Two seconds later, done, done. Jimmy, it's yours. I'm yeah. out. I just but, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just saying like that is that's an interesting question now is is can Jimmy Lake keep Jacob Eason around for another year? Um, who, you know, Jacob Eason probably could use another year. Uh, but if if he is back, then you know, there's some encouraging pieces for next season. The talent level on Washington's roster is such that they should not leave Pac-12 championship contention, and if he can find ways to generate some kind of spark offensively while maintaining the defensive standard that has been established as he's been there, Washington will be competing for a Pac-12 championship, and they will be in that group of five to seven teams that we're not going to be picking to definitely be in the playoff, but we're definitely going to be picking as a a team to keep an eye on. I just, you know, we, we go back and I I look at the last two seasons and I think, yes, they won the PAC 12 last year, but they also lost some games. You know what? They finished with like four losses last year and then seven and five this year. And it's been on this podcast, as we mentioned, a running theme of, of sort of reanalyzing this Washington program and put sort of reframing it in context. Was Jonathan Smith, the secret sauce. Let's look at all these different, uh, trends and I could see that Chris Peterson, you know, if he's just looking out and he's just he's not, it's not seeing it, it's not working. The changes aren't quite happening, and he's not feeling it. You got to do it's a eighty hour a week job, hundred hour a week job of you know plus your you get to text seventeen year olds. Nah, man, Ugh. I'm good. <laughs> lived lived a good one. All right. Here's a question for you two that I, I mean, it's probably impossible to answer, but just what your gut tells you. Do you think that seven and five this year was responsible for Peterson's decision? Or do you think Peterson's decision and probably maybe if he'd made this before the season started was responsible for seven and five? I think it's, I think it's the first one. If it's one of the two, I think it's the first one. I think, uh, you know, like just, hey, man, like my it's not resonating like it like it used to for me or like the, the, the offense, you know, this, this offense isn't working. And in order for me to fix it after seven and five, 
there's some things that I may have to do that I'm not super comfortable doing. Uh, this is just, I got a bad taste in my mouth. I think I'm going to walk away. I think that's more likely than rolling in half, uh, half ass in it. Right. Half in it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's the, it's not resonating is what I see. Like there is no doubt in my mind that Chris Peterson has tinkered and tried to switch things up and tried, um, you know, other ideas to create different results. He's not, he's not an insane person. He's an elite football coach who's won at a higher clip than, than most of the, the coaches in the modern era. It's just that when you then try to make those changes or those tweaks and you aren't able to change the results, and like you mentioned, Barton, if the next step is something that he's not really trying to, to wade into, then yeah, I think that I would say seven and five probably influenced it more because I don't consider Chris Peterson someone who would half-ass anything and or like play out the string. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I would give Chris Peterson the Steve Spurrier. Well, looks like we're probably going to lose to Clemson this year, so I'll retire by mid-October. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what I find uh, from. Yeah, that's uh, Spurrier would walk. Not Spurrier. Peterson would walk away uh, mid-season before he finished it out half-assing. Uh, all right. So what do we? We're sitting here. It is Monday night, nine forty-five on the East Coast. 845 for these uh, esteemed gentlemen over here. So where where do we think the next emergency pod is coming from for emergency pod season? I would say I feel like Florida State's going to make a decision soon because I feel like the other schools are all kind of waiting because maybe some of the people that they're interested in are interested in that Florida State job and they want to find out what Florida State's going to do before they can really make the move on what they're going to do. Pardon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida State could be close. But I, I am I am shocked that there is like growing Lane Kiffin, Arkansas smoke. And so, I mean, I don't know if Arkansas would have otherwise been a emergency pod. Lane is, no but doubt. We get a, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and no, 100%. There's an, there's an emergency lane pod. If, if, if that pops, I think it's going to pop. I mean, I, if I, that, that blows my mind, I don't know why. Maybe it shouldn't. It shouldn't because one of the things that I remember from the Arkansas initially after the Chad Morris was that they were looking for somebody with experience as opposed to uh, trying to get another up and comer and Lane Kiffin, you know, he's a lot of things, but he's been around I mean, there's, there is nothing that within the context of being a college football coach. Now, his experiences are mixed. There were highs and there were lows on and off the field. But Lane Kiffin has seen it and he's done it. And if you're trying to get somebody who has who's not going to ever get wide-eyed at anything, there is nothing that Lane Kiffin has not seen. So in that uh, framework of the conversation, yes, it does seem wild that uh, – you know, Lane Kiffin would be back in the SEC and back in, and oh my gosh, it, it, just in the SEC West, just Lane Kiffin against Saban every year, Lane Kiffin against Coach O every year, Lane Kiffin against Gus, Whew. against Jimbo. Yes, please give it to me. Give it all to me. I think that, I think that's the play if you're Arkansas. You understand that he's still, uh, he's still a good offensive mind and he is not going to be intimidated by anything. 
okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I just. I think it'd be good for us. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the right move for Arkansas. I mean, I'll save all of my Lane Kiffin thoughts for when the Lane Kiffin pod happens. Um, I just, I, if I'm an athletic director, I would be real scared of hiring someone that tweets, like, like retweets people all day long <laughs> as a coach. Like, Chris Peterson just got burnt out because the, the grind is, was just too much. And and Lane Kiffin is out here just, just on Twitter all day. But hey, I mean maybe that's the maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's the secret to life. You know, don't take it too seriously. Get on Twitter. He's on. he he's reading the column right now. Like grind, what grind? This is awesome. Yeah. I love tweeting at these dudes. He's out, he's out on the shuffleboard court and some pastels and flip flops. I yeah, we'll we'll see. So what? It, Barton, you tell me what the smoke is looking like. Is it all coming from the same uh, alleged private airport worker who works well, the mean, ramp? No, there, there, there seems to be some some. Uh, they seem to have legitimately met. Okay. Uh, yes. So I think that's been reported by multiple people, and so you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot beyond that. Um, but hey, that's more than we get in most. For most searches, um, if they have legitimately had a real meeting, then he is a legitimate, real shortlist candidate. Um, and I, I don't know what else they got cooking. Willie Fritz's name has been tossed around from Missouri and Arkansas recently. I know that's a favorite of the pod. Yeah, that'd be a good yeah. hire. I mean, only just just go and hire the guy who's won like conference or championship level success at like four different levels of football. He's probably pretty good at this thing. Uh, but no, I, I don't, um, I don't know what, I don't know how serious the lane stuff is other than he is the, he is really the sort of verified name that Arkansas folks and Trey Biddy at hogsport.com is, seems to be sort of circling and zeroing in on. Um, I don't know where else, we would fit this in the discussion, so I'll, I'll throw it out now. But have you a seen and b have any uh, strong reaction to the growing number of former Boston College players that are coming out of the woodworks with Steve Adazio stories? Was there more than one? Because I only saw one. Did you see Andre Williams? No. The Heisman Trophy finalist who no. had his own uh, version of how uh, Steve Adazio couldn't look him in the eye when he came back and was honored at, for a home game against Wake Forest. And Andre yeah. Williams said in, in that long sort of like multiple tweet story explaining the experience that he he was like, and he I, I've known this and, and a Boston College fan is going to hang a lot more on this than an Ohio state fan or someone else. But he said, Boston college messed up by letting Ryan day leave. Cause Ryan day was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach under Steve Adazio. And now look where he is. Yeah, I, I was, I was, um, I was left wanting more out of the Andre Williams story. Uh, just, there was a few holes, holes in that story. I couldn't quite figure out like where it went wrong with the Dazio. He was just like, yeah, Dazio is not a good coach. I came back and he didn't make eye contact with me. Um, yeah, what's his name? The, uh, who played for the Falcons? Is it keys. Yeah. Is it keys had the story where he, I mean, he gave you why 
Like, because he criticized like, Adazio on Facebook. He like, laid out like a court case. Yeah. It was like, 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 uh, it was like a brief. So my instant reaction is I don't like that it, the convenience of it, that the guy gets fired and now we're just going to go open season on it. But it's also caused me to reexamine uh, a little about how, like Steve Adazio has always been friendly with me in all of our professional interactions. I found the way he talks about football to be very engaging and I enjoyed it. Any Anytime there was a one-on-one opportunity, if you could just talk ball with Steve Adazio, it was great. But I, I sort of took, the the dude's caricature and i probably ran with it a little bit without a without much thought about what kind of program building uh was happening over there certainly player development gets a lot of check marks for time under steve adazio but he must have been a, a different person behind closed doors for that to be one of the storylines or one of the fallout of the dismissal because coaches get fired every year and everyone's got an axe to grind but that's one that caught me a little bit off guard. Do you uh, feel responsible, Chip? For what? No, because you were fooled. No. Yeah, I, I was. I was. Uh, I, I agree. I was a little just. I mean, I would have assumed Adazio is is well liked. I don't know why. I just would assume that. Uh, but were there any other stories besides Williams and Keys? Uh, Matt Patchen weighed in on it, former offensive lineman. Like but he put did Matt Patchen weigh in in a positive light. Yeah, for Adazia. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I, I was so gone I, all I, afternoon, so. I don't know. Like that's that's two guys coming out that are fairly high profile. Is in the in the immediate aftermath of you firing is, I don't know. That's I feel like that's not insignificant. Um, so. So I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to think about it. Um, other than bands uh, getting back together, bands getting back together. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Andre Williams and Joshua Keys ain't stopping uh, Steve Adazio and Charlie Strong from getting back with Urban Meyer. You better hope that Urban doesn't get that Cowboys job, or else your NFL career is done. Uh, all right. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We will be back with you with the Lane Kiffin emergency pod. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Oh, my God. We got breaking news. Really? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bye, guys. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.